Hi, and welcome to the Wealthy Travel Agent Podcast, where our mission is to bring you inspiring messages to help you become the wealthy travel agent from people just like you who have succeeded in selling travel. I'm your host, Dan Chappelle, the leading authority on selling and sales management in the travel industry and author of the Amazon best-selling book, Get Your Ship Together, The Wealthy Travel Agent Guide to Sales, which is available internationally on both Amazon and on Audible. And you can learn more about my sales and business development programs and how they can help you to become the wealthy travel agent at wealthytravelagent.com. Now, here's a quick disclaimer. The opinions that uh, are expressed on the, this podcast are both the opinions of your host and our guests. And speaking of our guests, today we welcome Mr. Adam Martindale of Cruise Planners. How you doing today, Adam? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to the show. So let me just tell you how uh, Adam and I have been connected on Facebook for a couple of years. And he was, he'd made a post that he had joined the uh, Cruise Planners Millionaires Club just a couple of weeks ago, middle of June in all of this pandemic when everyone's panicking and everybody's worried about how their business is going. Adam's business is actually growing and he's growing enough to where he's put a million dollars on the books this year. So Adam, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of uh, info about yourself, how you got into the business and what brought you to Cruise Planners? Sure. I started, well, basically I went, I've been in hospitality all my life. Uh, I started working on cruise ships when I was 19 years old for Carnival Cruise Lines when they had three ships. And was with them for 10 years, basically in its infancy. I was there at a great time when the cruising was growing like crazy. So I got promoted very fast. I was food and beverage director with them at 23 years old and got to bring out ships from Finland and Sweden. So I did that for 10 years, which was great experience. Uh, left ships all together for 10 years and worked in hotels and resorts and then decided to go back to ships again. And uh, was a friend of mine actually working for me when I was at the Fontainebleau Hilton in Miami. He was a beverage manager and was working for Norwegian and contacted me. They were looking for someone to bring out the Pride of America from Germany. I interviewed with them and flew to Germany and set that ship up and brought that out all the way to Hawaii and then worked on Pride of Hawaii and was with them for four years. I left ships again, thought I would never go back. And then uh, <laughs> working in, I was living in San Diego at the time. Uh, and then worked for a couple other hotel companies, uh, Lowe's and now Ritz-Carlton. And the hotel got sold. I moved back to San Diego. And then I, I was thinking about what business I wanted to start. And being in hospitality and travel, it just seemed like a natural fit to start my own travel company. But I wanted to get luxury experience because I didn't have that on cruise ships. So reached out to someone I knew uh, who worked for Apollo, who'd managed all the food and beverage for Oceania and Regent. Uh, interviewed with them and got hired right away and worked for Oceania and Regent for two years, which was an amazing experience and got to travel to a lot of parts of the world I'd never been to before. Uh, and then in 2015, I was, before that, I put the business plan together, figured out what I was going to do uh, and started my business full time in 2015 with Cruise Planners. Fantastic. So what drew you to a franchise versus just starting out on your own? So I did research before and was looking at what the advantages and disadvantages were. I didn't want to do everything myself. I didn't think it made sense to start from scratch. Like when everything, all the procedures, all the, all the back office stuff is there with a franchise, especially with cruise planners, having American Express as well, being affiliated with them uh, was something that attracted me by having that name. 
I met somebody on the ships who knew somebody at Cruise Planners. That's kind of how I got introduced to Cruise Planners. They've been really great to work with, and I'm very, very happy with uh, the partnership that I have with them. That's fantastic. It's a, it's a great organization. And, and uh, so you, you got started five years ago. Uh, you have fantastic experience and obviously that prepared you extremely well for this. I know in, in, from my time working on the ships, once I decided I was going to uh, operate a cruise agency, I, instead of going out and, you know, hanging out with everybody at the bar uh, when we were on, on shore, uh, I was taking tours, I was learning, I was getting to know the destinations that we're going. So that really prepares you and, and turns you into an expert going along. And uh, that luxury experience, I think, uh, it has served you well with this because you're now in your third year as a, as a millionaire? Next year, next year will be the third year. Yeah. Next year will be the third year. So, you know, folks in five years in business, three years doing a million dollars plus in business is, is quite the accomplishment. How'd you get started? How did you build that base to, to get yourself there? Yeah, so I started basically with friends and family, I think the way that most people do, and you try and, you know, let everyone know what you're doing. Kind of been around a little bit. Uh, so I have friends and, you know, in quite a few places, uh, which was a big help. And also having the experience on the ships, I could reach out to people from all over the world, which was a huge help for me too. Uh, but I basically um, started to get to know uh, the business development managers for all the cruise lines, for travel companies that I could. I went to every event that I could to learn more about the business. I mean, I spent money, you know, that I didn't really have in the beginning to try mm -hmm. and exhibit here and exhibit there. And let's go do this. Let's try this. Let's try that. You know, some things worked, some things didn't. Uh, but, you know, out of all the different things you try, I mean, you you get clients here and there and the word of mouth comes out. I joined the university club, which is the high-end business uh, networking club in San Diego. Uh, that was, you know, pretty expensive to join, but I ended up doing a travel expo there every year now for the last nice. four years. And I've got some amazing clients from that. So things, you just have to try a lot of different things and see see what works. Now I'm very selective on what I do, where I can, I'm, I can afford to do that now. But in the beginning, I did everything I could. I mean, I every event that was put out to me or I went after looking for, I, I did and see what, see what worked. So were you, were you just kind of took the shotgun approach on that or were you kind of, did you have a specific type of client in mind that you were targeting? So in the beginning, I didn't really, it was, yeah, it was kind of more of a shotgun. I mean, I didn't really have a focus. Like it took me, I don't know why it took me a while. It took me probably a year to figure out I was going to specialize in something. Uh, so when I decided to specialize, it was food and wine, which is my background is all food and beverage. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you know, duh, how come I didn't think of that before? Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was specialized in luxury uh, food and wine travel, which seemed to make total sense with my background. So that's what I started to do, uh, partnering with wineries and chefs and going after the luxury groups and luxury clientele and doing luxury events. And that's really what's helped me a lot with my business so that so you've been able to drill your niche down uh over uh, fairly quickly i would think uh, the way it sounds if uh probably within the first year that's one thing i would definitely suggest to people you know figure that out right away don't wait you know too long to figure out what you're going to do and you can't be a master of everything you got to specialize in something Right. So, and you were able to drill that down pretty quickly. And that's, uh, I think that's great advice for, for folks that are, 
you know, whether you've been doing this for a while or you're, and you're just kind of floundering out there or you're, you're just brand new into it, figure it, figure it out. It's just like any business there. There's a lot of different products, travel products you can sell and you can't be all things to all people. So figure out what it is that you want to do and who you want to be and, and find that niche. And have you found that that niche has really served you well in your time? Oh, definitely. I would say, um, 70% of my clients are luxury. I just found out that I'm the number one uh, top producer for Oceania with cruise planners. Cool. So I sell the most Oceania cruises with them, uh, which I do a lot of groups as well. Doing, doing groups is what's built my business too. Mm -hmm. so going, I actually travel with all my groups. So that's been a big part of it. Uh, traveling with the groups, getting to know the people, having dinner with them on board, having drinks with them. And then you generate that relationship uh, with them. And then they start booking after other things with you. And then they refer their friends to you. And so that's kind of how that's all happened. So in light of the, uh, with COVID and everything else and how, you know, the, the inventory is going to be reduced from a, and, and let's, since cruising is luxury cruising, your, your niche, uh, let's kind of focus on that. Um, you know, obviously there's social distancing, there's, there's different travel things that are going to take place. Uh, some ships have already started. I think Sea Dream's already started sailing in Norway, uh, but others are going to start coming online outside of, uh, of North America. How does that affect your group business? So I don't really know yet. I mean, the groups that I had for this year, luckily I was able to react uh, pretty fast when this all happened. I had a group that was supposed to sail in April a group that was supposed to sail in May and pretty decent sized groups on one was on Azamara, one was on, on uh, Oceania. And I managed to react uh, soon enough to find another cruise next year, do another event with them before this all went down uh, south big time. And then we got them 90% rebooked for next year. So the groups, uh, most of your business obviously is international. Um, it's with cruises. So the, you know, just looking at this from a reality standpoint, most of that business is out for 21 and 22 uh, at this point. Are you doing anything to, um, for immediate cash flow, any, anything tactical like putting together food and, food and beverage or food and wine groups uh, domestically? I have the next group I have coming up is in October on Oceana Virgin mm -hmm. on the new ship, which I'm really hoping sails on October 21st. I have a group. I I'd also have another niche that I do. I do LGBT groups as well. Okay. So I do food and wine and I do LGBT and they kind of mix together sometimes as well. So I found actually a, a company online a few years ago that didn't book travel and they just advertised and uh, focused on LGBT cruising. So I ended up partnering with them and became their sole travel agent. Oh, cool. So I've, done, I've done a few groups with them too. So the next one in October is on Virgin with that group. We have only, it's a small group, 20 people, uh -huh. but we're all, most of us have states. So I'm really hoping that that ship sails. Yeah. I mean, speaking from experience, let me put my supplier hat on from being at Windstar. Um, most of our charters, when we did charters that weren't corporate related, uh, tended to be, they were LBGT, they were food and wine pretty much across the board uh, those outside of the corporate events that we did were uh, those were those were the uh, the charters and they were small enough that uh, you know kind of to your point up to about 40 people you could take a, a one of these smaller ships with 150 people and and typically fill that pretty easily and right. and, and do kind of kind of well out of that i think that so people overlook some of these niches they 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 
focus on the, you know, the big ones and not necessarily, you know, the one, the, the, the more lucrative, one of the things you have to look at, and I think you'll agree with this is you, you know, it's one thing to have a niche, but it's another to make money off of that niche. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what are you currently doing from a, from a sales marketing perspective to keep things, things full? I mean, obviously you, I mean, third year in a row, you've hit millionaire status with, with cruise planner and you did it in, in the midst of, basically the big sucking, I call it the big sucking sound like you flush the toilet. All, all, everything you've had on the books before is just getting sucked, sucked right. back in and um, instead of coming out and being fruitful. Uh, how, how are you prospering through all of this? What are you doing to make that happen? I think for part of the, some of the reason I got the millionaire status for next year is a lot of my clients rebooked stuff for next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then mm-hmm. I had, I've had quite a lot of new bookings actually as well. So people are just looking, you know, they really want to get away. Your repeat business is really strong? Yeah, it is. It is. And also groups as well, again. So I've, like I said, I have those two groups that I managed to rebook for next year. And then I have new groups that I'm putting together for next year right now. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking for 22 now as well for groups. So new how do you typically get new business? Is it, is it uh, funneled in through the groups? Is it through referrals? Or are you doing uh, marketing of any kind? Uh, new business now is coming in a lot through repeat business and through friends of clients that I have and people that I've met before. Um, I do a lot of Facebook. Uh, my social media stuff is mostly on Facebook. Right. I'm actually, I'm actually just in the process of hiring someone to, to do my social, to do all my marketing, which I really, I've talked about this for quite a while and it's a lot to manage by yourself when you start getting this busy, um, you know, between Facebook and Instagram and Pinterest and YouTube videos and this and that. And there's so many things that I, that I want to do better. And mm-hmm. cruise planners, there's a lot of tools there that help, <clears throat> uh, but if you don't manage it yourself or have someone looking at it all the time, then it's really hard to, it's really easy to get behind with all that. So what do you, what do you specifically use social media for? Um, to promote my groups. Uh, I use it, I try and tie it in with a, if the cruise line is announcing something about them, then I'll tie it in with a group that I'm doing on that cruise line and post the information that they posted. Like Virgin just came out with their protocols for what they're doing for COVID. Right. So instead of just posting that, I would post, you know, that, but I would also in the title put join us on the next group cruise on Virgin, October 21st, look what they're doing now, blah, blah, blah. So I would tie it or I'd always tie it in with what I'm doing or any, anything that I can put together there. And then a lot of information like Hawaii today announced that they're going to do COVID testing starting August 1st. And a lot of people are really interested in going to Hawaii. So any information on not just selling stuff, but a lot of informational things. So more uh, of it, more engagement. Yeah. And when you become more of an expert, I think when you see all that, that you're posting all this information. Right. Out there, rather than just trying to sell something. Yeah. So how, how, let's go back to kind of the business part of this. Um, how focused on selling are you in your business versus some of the other non-revenue generating things? Um, so I would say that I'm, I'm selling more, I think more consultative selling is what I do. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not really, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely promoting what I'm doing, promoting, especially the groups. I'm promoting that uh, big time as much as I can. 
uh, when I partner with somebody with the winery, I want to make sure that they're promoting it and selling it. And it's a partnership together. Uh, so that I have to really make sure that's happening uh, from, the, from the selling side. But from my clients that I have now, that they look to me to, they want my advice and trying to figure out which cruise and which why they should do this cruise as opposed to that cruise, or if they should do a land and which resort, you know. So there's a lot of, I think it's more consultative selling rather than the hard, I'm not doing the hard sell. So you're, not, you're not focused on price. Not really. I mean, yeah. there are, I mean, there are people definitely that I have clients that are focused on price. I can't say that, you know, uh, even yeah. a lot of the luxury clients are focused on price. They, they want value. Yeah. They don't, they want everything. Because they have it, they want to know, you know, what they're getting for it. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, so you're not focused on, uh, well, particularly with your groups and stuff, you're, you're adding the value with the, uh, with the chefs and the dining experiences and things like that, that, that are, that are hard to shop. Yes. Yeah, uh, so we put together packages with short, we do two to three short excursions as well that are yeah. typically included. Uh, we'll include a lot of other things that again, like you said, you can't just price that out separately or you, you could try and do that. But most of the people that I, that, that I get, I'd rather have the all inclusive package. Right. Right. And, and I think it's uh, you know, to our listeners point, it doesn't always have to be a group either. It can be, you can, package your, you know, you have to stand out. You have to do, we all are ha have the ability to sell exactly the same products out there. So what are you going to do differently about it to become known in your business? And, and I think you've done a good job of that with packaging all of that together. Let's talk about uh, uh, failure for a second, because we always hear the good stuff. You know, we always hear you see you up on stage collecting the awards and all of that kind of stuff. But uh, what people forget is uh, there's a lot of a lot of tripping and tumbling along the way to get there. When you tell us a little bit about you know sometimes that um, you know you've had a few slip ups in in building your business. Yeah, I think mainly by I spent a lot of money you know in the beginning on different events that were kind of a waste of time. You know, I looked at it and thought, oh my god, this is an amazing opportunity to all these thousands of people are going to come and are going to be able to you know get a lot of clients and. I spent, you know, a lot thousand dollars or whatever, and you end up getting 200 leads that are a complete waste of time. Right. So I've done a, quite a few of those events. Uh, I don't do some of the big travel shows anymore because I, I haven't really found that's my market uh, where people are just shopping price, basically. Mm -hmm. What can you do for me? You know, I want $50 less on the cruise or can I get onboard credit or whatever it is. Or they're looking for something that you can give them. Yeah. So I think talking about a little bit of what I already talked about, but just I've done a lot of events and I kind of tried to do everything. Some of them worked, some didn't. And spending money on afterwards, you look at it and go, well, that was kind of a waste of time. Uh, but you learn, you know, through doing these events, which ones you probably don't want to do again or which ones you want to focus on. Well, and I think that's that's a key thing too is, is the learnings that come from it. Uh, it it's it's not that you wasted a bunch of money. It's like you spent some money learning something. Right. <laughs> you got to look at it that way for sure. For sure. <laughs> Particularly when the when the when the sting is pretty tough. It's uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, print advertising too. I spent a lot of money on print advertising that I thought was a perfect demographic for me thousands of dollars a month for six months in this high-end magazine and you know in california and i got nothing out of it not one yeah, yeah. I, um 
I had a similar experience. It wasn't until it was with Texas Monthly Magazine, which is a very popular magazine in the state of Texas. And um, they had approached me about buying advertising. And uh, I wasn't obviously, it was just a tremendous amount of money. And, uh, and I knew I had a feeling like you did, I, I knew that we wouldn't get much out of it. And uh, one of their writers uh, bought a trip from us and put a little blurb, like four sentences. And uh, that editorial got so much business coming in. It was just unbelievable. I, 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 that's the difference between paid advertising and, and getting your name in print through editorial. So, you know, maybe moving the, concentrating the resources in that direction uh, can be a better payoff of a, as far as a value goes from there. Yeah. I think um, with, uh, with a print now, I won't do anything unless I partner with a cruise line and get co-op money for it, for the ad. Right. And, and it has to be some type of group cruise as well involved with that magazine or with their readers. So let's talk about co-op for a minute, because that's a, it's actually a subject that, uh, believe it or not, I, I think you and I probably take it for granted, but a lot of people don't know that much about it, that there, there are funds available out there to help you promote uh, different events. Um, do you work with uh, one, or, one or two particular suppliers on that, or is it strictly associated with your groups when you're, when you're doing co-op? No, so I do, well, I, with the groups, I do events uh, with the with the cruise line, which I get co-op money for. Uh, sometimes I'll partner up and do like a, a cruise night with the winery and the cruise line will come do a presentation and then they'll pay for the food and wine. Uh, sometimes I do it myself if they can't make it and then, you know, they still pay for, you know, 50%, I pay for 50%. Right. Uh, with events that I do, like I've done that high-end uh, luxury expo at the university club downtown San Diego for the last three years now. And I have about eight vendors there who all pay the university club to be there. And I don't pay anything and I get all the bookings out of it. So that's, that's a great win-win for me. That's awesome. That's, and, and that's how you get creative about using co-op. It's not just a 50-50 for advertising. It's events. It's, it's a part of your group budget that you put together and you build it out for the promotional standpoint of it. There's, I love that. I, I love that idea about that. So you, you're, you're five years in, you're three years in the Millionaire's Club. You're going to hire somebody to handle your uh, social media marketing. Uh, you got any growth plans? Yeah, so it's been an interesting time. Obviously, a year ago, well, just over a year ago, I moved into an office and I hired an admin. Uh, and then when this, all, when this all happened, I moved out of my office and lost my admin. So it's been kind of a, a growth and then a decrease of kind of what I've done for, for the growth. Um, but I'm in that mode now again where I need to figure out if I want to go back into an office, if I'm just going to stay at home. Uh, if I need to hire an admin again, if I need to, I have three associates right now. Uh, uh, they're not really doing much business at the moment. So I need to get with them and see if they're focused or not. And then maybe you look for another associate. Yeah. Well, now's a good time to start getting your head around it because coming out of this, I think you yeah. can, you know, you, you can, um, if you set yourself up, sky's the limit. Cause uh, it sounds like you got a, a, a great core base to work from. And, uh, you know, it's for, for a lot of our listeners, it's okay. They, they look at people that are in your position and think, well, you know, I got there, you know, I, I want to be like him. Um, you know, I'm just getting started or I've been into this for a while and I'm, I'm stagnated. I ha can't get anywhere. You know, what do I do? How do, how do I get there? How do I get up on that stage? 
And I think you, you, you talked a little bit about that in that, um, you know, throwing a lot against the wall, see what sticks, starting with friends and family uh, and, and starting to, to build your business off of there. But more importantly, it didn't happen overnight. No, and traveling a lot too. I spent, I, I didn't mention, I've spent a lot of my own money, you know, going on travel and going on fam trips and going on cruise lines that I haven't been on before. I mean, I've tried, there's still quite a few cruise lines I have never been on and, and I really need to get on them mm-hmm. because I hate that answer to a client, you know, have you been on this cruise line? I'm like, oh, no, not yet, but I, I hear it's great. I hate saying that, but I hear it's great. So I really want to get on as many as I can so I can experience them. So when you do that, do you, did you, and granted things have, are, are kind of in at a pause mode right now, but did you do that on your own uh, and just pay the agent rate? Or did you typically take the organized fam with everybody else? Uh, different. I've done a lot of fams. Uh, mostly, none of the fams are on cruises, actually. Most of the fams are on land because I've been trying to grow my land business because uh, uh-huh. I really focused on cruises heavily. So I did a fam trip to Africa with South African Airline Vacation, which was amazing. Got to do a safari down there and went to all the wine area, which is amazing. I was in uh, China last year with Tauk. I did a fam with them in December, right before the whole COVID thing happened. (laughs) It's good timing to go and come back. So Beijing and uh, Shanghai and Hong Kong, which was amazing. I've done fam down to Mexico to check out all the inclusive resorts in uh, Riviera Maya with pleasant holidays. Uh, so a lot of things like that, that I didn't really know a lot about uh, and educated myself. You know, I spent money to do it. I mean, I didn't spend as much as I would have, obviously to go by myself and pay regular rates. I've been on Disney out of San Diego, Disney Cruise, which I'd never been on before. And they had a three day cruise out of San Diego. So I paid the full price just to go on it uh-huh. and experience it. Cause I, I have clients that book Disney with their families and. I had no idea what it was like. So that was an investment in my business, which I'm really glad that I did. So let's, uh, let's start wrapping up here. Uh, I got, I always finish with uh, two questions. The first one is uh, what are three things you wish you had known before you started in your business that you know now? I think number one is to focus on a niche right away. And then we talked about that a little bit. Right. Uh, but it took me, you know, way longer than it should have to figure that out. Uh, so focus on a niche and really educate yourself on that niche. People ask me about that all the time, you know, about how you've done so well or what did you do? I said, well, if maybe you don't have a food and beverage background, maybe you like Alaska. Well, go to Alaska, sail on every cruise that goes to Alaska. Mm-hmm. Get to know that product and be, in it, be an Alaska expert. There's lots of things you can do. Uh, second, um, get prepared for how long it might take you to make money in the beginning. <laughs> so it doesn't come right away. Um, it, takes a, it takes at least two years. But the third year is really when I started to make money. So yeah. be prepared for that. It's, it, is, it is a long road in the beginning, but you got to see that light you know, at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and then number three, I think, was when to, ha- when to ask for help and get an accountant involved with your business. Uh, I, I think I did, I was lucky that I did it at the right time when I saw that the, my build, business was building and the revenues were building and I realized I needed some help financially. So I got an accountant to help and I'm so glad that I did. Oh, it, uh, having professional, whether it's uh, lawyers or account, accountants, if you get a good one that understands travel accounting, 
uh, in particular uh, can just make a world of difference in, in how much money you end up in your back pocket versus paying out to somebody else. Yeah, uh, it's been a big help. I'm, I'm a big proponent of that. And then to your second point, it is about three years. That's, that's, that's been my experience as well. You know, the first year you're just kind of getting started. Second year, you're, you're really starting to get some momentum and third year is where it really starts to take off. But of the three things that you mentioned, uh, I'm surprised it took you as long as it did. And, and a year is actually pretty quick, but with your background to really focus in on what your niche was. Right. Right. I mean, it, it, it sounds like you had to, you, you, you almost had to do all the distractions first before you said, Oh yeah. Okay. Now I re now I know what I really want to do and what yeah, I, should I think do. I, I think I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't really focus on it as much as I should have. So um, was that out of, maybe out of fear, uh, FOMO, fear of missing out. You might miss a commission off of something that you're not really specializing in just for that kind of thing. Or what do you think that might've been? Um, I think it may, it may have been that I didn't really know how, how to go about it and where, you know, where I should start, you know, which people to contact and groups to put together. Cause that was the big thing, putting groups together and working on that, which took quite a while. Yeah. So, uh, I think that might've been the thing that took a bit longer than I thought. Yeah. I think you and I experienced some of the same, um, things, you know, coming off of ships, we knew, we knew the product, we knew how to deliver it. We knew what the service should be and what it was. And then coming into the travel side of the, the booking side of it, um, there's a learning curve there as, as well. And that, right. that, that takes a little time too. Well, that's well, another thing. I mean, there's so much information out there. I mean, that's another, if you ask for four things, I mean, the fourth thing is <laughs> Be prepared for how much information you got to learn and how I mean, it's, it's the product knowledge is overwhelming. There's so much stuff to know about every single product. As it's you have to really keep on top of all that. Yeah, and that's why it helps to to figure out what your niche is first and focus on that, and then then build out from there. Yeah. So I think I think those are three incredible uh, answers to that question because I think that's that's key. I think, I think those three, three things are key. Last question, because everybody has their own definition of what this is. What, what is your definition of what the wealthy travel agent is? I would say that wealth's created by knowledge and constantly learning and being able to pass that on to my clients. Uh, when I become, when I can become the expert, uh, my clients really start to, uh, look at me and put their trust in me to spend their money. And that's where, I, you know, I become a wealthy uh, travel agent because I've put that out there and they feel comfortable uh, spending 20, 40, $60,000 on a trip with me and know they're going to be taken care of. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been fantastic visiting with you and learning, uh, you know, what you've done to get to where you are. And folks, you can uh, tune in to the Wealthy Travel Agent podcast uh, on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcast, every podcast platform that's out there, you can listen to it. <laughs> it's out there. <laughs> so thanks so much. Uh, and everybody, let's go out and make some money. Thank you.